Blog Talk Radio. Energy. 
And if we take that energy of Saturn and connect it to Scorpio, which is a very penetrating, insightful sign, connect the moon to it, there's a capacity right now for great emotional depth, great emotional depth, great emotional insight. I would say self-related insight, but also with another human being, if you're so inclined to get deep with people. Mercury is uh, in in a conjunction to Neptune, so this adds uh, another whole layer of psychic ability, really deep sense of knowing, intuition. Uh, you know, if you're if you're not so into the word psychic, um, which is fine, um, it's a psychic phenomenon coming from uh, planes of existence outside of the physical, mental, and emotional plane. So uh, psychic energy is coming from uh, an etheric or very high layer of, of existence between people. And it's part of a continuum that's called the collective unconscious. When you have Mercury and Neptune conjunct in Pisces, you're dealing with almost like an extreme access to that collective unconscious. So be paying attention to your dreams um, because I think that since we receive most of this energy in the subconscious, um, it's uh, you know very, very powerful for us to uh, connect with uh, dream world or journaling or um, you know tarot cards or something where you're getting like an, a, a real esoteric feedback from the astral plane from esoteric knowledge like that. Uh, Venus is in a really nice sextile with Uranus, which is almost like the unexpected uh, expression of love, unexpected feelings of love. Something quite nice like that, I think. Uh, Mars also generally not aspected. Kind of interesting. It is conjunct the moon's north nodes, but that mostly, I would say, pertains to people who are being born right now at this time. They're going to have a real drive to have relationships and a, um, a strong spiritual path towards creating commitments and uh, compromising uh, Mars doesn't necessarily function so well in Aries, in Libra because the ruling planet is uh, the ruling sign is is Aries. It's the ruling planet of Aries. So when Libra is the opposite sign, that's we call that the detriment. Mars is right now in the detriment in Libra, but nevertheless, um, if you connect that strong Mars energy, which we knew we were having eight months of Mars in Libra, we're still kind of in the middle of that. And um, and you connect that with the moon's north node. We're having a pull, a draw right now towards uh, commitment and compromise. We're not necessarily seeing um, that globally if we're looking at, you know, um, Vladimir Putin and the actions that he's taking um, uh, globally. It doesn't really seem like he's doing a lot of compromising. But remember, Mars is just one part of the equation in what's coming as the um the uh, grand cross that's happening in april the cardinal cross so aries is a part of that and so is capricorn and he's clearly taking a central role on one of those poles um that's the large extent of what we have going on as far as aspects you know there's the ongoing t-square between jupiter and uranus and pluto which 
you know, I've mentioned many times and done a whole show on. And uh, so this is a time, I think, for a depth of insight and certainly some kinds of uh, otherworldly access to the collective unconscious, which I think most of us um, more, most easily access in the dream world. We're not really, you know, spending time scrying or, you know, looking at a crystal ball or turning tarot cards or things like that where we have other access. But journaling is a good way. Journaling is a good way because if you journal for long enough, your your own consciousness will get out of the way and thoughts will come in that, that might come off the pen that you're, you're sort of surprised about. And um, so journaling at this time is another really good recommendation, especially with a couple of planets in air and then these very deep alignments in water. I'm Dr. Craig, and you're listening to The Inside Connection. So it's a call-in show for anybody who wants to call in, even if you're listening in the archives. Remember, we're on on Thursday night at 8 p.m., so um, you can uh, make time for that. If you can, you can call in and get a free mini reading. Um, Tonight, I wanted to talk about the equinox. Happy equinox, everybody. It's a kind of exciting time, I think, because the equinox ultimately represents hope and renewal. And um, I'm going to talk about why that is. You know, why, why we know renewal because there's a renewal of the year. There's a renewal of the soil. There's a renewal of life, you know. Trees bud and flowers come up out of the ground. And, uh, you know, t- traditionally most mammals um, and, and birds have lots of babies at this time of the year because then there's plenty of food for them to eat. You know, it would be not a good thing if if animals cycled where they gave birth in, you know, October going into the coldest and snowiest time. So most most mammals and, and, and birds give birth now at this time of the year, and so that's renewal. There's a renewal of life on a general basis, and we're all participating in that energy like the the, the the human aspect of the planet is also gathering energy for the idea of renewal. Whatever that means for us, we don't cycle in the same way as far as creating pregnancy because we learn to master, uh, you know, all four seasons. And since we store food, um, we didn't really we can have babies in October, and there'll be still food in the pantry even historically for, you know, millennia, human beings knew how to feed themselves uh, all year long or and hunt and stuff like that. So it, if we had a baby, we were able to protect the baby through the winter. But for just from a place of, of what the energy of the equinox means, that it's a time of renewed life, life reemerging. And the, the balance that we're going to talk about is the balance between the day and the night. And that this time is coming from the night into the day. In other words, this is the um, the time when the day and the night are equal, but yesterday there was a little bit more night, and tomorrow there will be a little bit more day. And that's the opposite of the um, the autumnal equinox, which happens in the first day of Libra, where the days are getting uh, shorter, but the you know the fall equinox is the day when they're actually equal, where we're moving from the light back into the darkness, and that has its its function as well but i was um you know 
just, you know, pondering Equinox, thinking about it, thinking about how um, there are some New Year's New Year's things that happen at this time in certain cultures, and also that Christianity has, you know, the resurrection of Jesus. Many many times in ancient in in ancient culture, including even in Egyptian culture, um, there were gods like Osiris that was also resurrected on on or around the vernal equinox, which is today. So I, I was looking, um, you know, online, for, trying to find more information about that, about how far back this goes in Egypt. And I read that actually the Great Sphinx, the Great Sphinx of Giza that sits there, that very famous, you know, sort of lion uh, man creature um, that that's out there by the pyramids, that figure is actually pointed towards and looking at the point where the sun rises on the horizon on the spring equinox. And the pyramids themselves are aligned somehow with the spring equinox. So I thought that that was kind of interesting because it it represents a rising up from basically like from the dead, from the time of darkness comes the time of light. And the the symbolism of that is is pretty intense. In fact, there are um there are historically uh many drawings, many paintings, spiritual um uh, de- depictions of uh light and darkness revolving around the central core of life. I remember even when when we were in Japan that there were often like these really hideous uh, you know, really hideous creatures uh, sculpted, um, hideous sculptures of, of these creatures right next to, like, the Buddha. You know, you'd have, like, the Buddha sitting in a lotus flower, and then right next to it there would be this horrible, you know, actually quite frightening-looking um, demon, I guess they called them, when, you know, in the translations or whatever we were reading in the museums and stuff. And I I read that, that that there's an, there's an eternal balance between these two forces between uh darkness and light and in fact today is the day when we can grab a hold of what that actually means that life is rotating around this balance of light and dark that swings just slightly, you know, by the time we reach the solstice, which is the longest day, or the other solstice, which is the longest night. It's not really that far of a swing. We don't swing that far into the darkness. We don't swing that far into the light. And we actually can't, because life is maintained by both of those forces in in equilibrium, which is what the whole idea of balance is. So, you know, you look in the tarot, and you look in the Kabbalah, and you see that there are two pillars, the pillar of light and the pillar of darkness, and those two things are balanced um, with human life in the center, and what's called the middle pillar. And, um, you know, in, in the Kabbalah, one pillar is called the, the pillar of mercy, and the other pillar is called the pillar of severity, coming from also, you know, uh, concepts having to do with light and darkness. So that we stand in the middle between what would be, you know, let's say a pure state of mercy all the time and a pure state of severity. Punishment, not punishment. But also just a pure, um, 
objectification of what light and dark are. They don't have to be given those two words that were that are from the Kabbalah. We see the two pillars in the tarot in the um, the high priestess. It's like a, a virginal state of conception, like um, uh, limitless conception potential. You know, like a um, like a blank canvas has the two pillars. We see it also in the chariot, which is very interesting because the chariot is the card of all forward movement. And in front of the chariot card, there's two sphinxes. One is black and one is white. So it's interesting how that connects to this energy I was reading about. I actually hadn't thought of that until right now. Um, That there's two sphinxes on the chariot card and that our choices of the light and the dark are the choices that move us in the direction that we want to go. And then there also we see the two pillars again in the moon card, which has to do with a certain kind of final testing where we pass into um, a, a, an, an area where where there might be confusion in our spiritual path, and yet we're still called upon to pass through the choices of light and dark. The incredibly powerful concept behind all of this is that movement, um, light and dark, are actually what create movement. And and that the balance between the two is what's essential, but that the swing between the two is what actually creates movement in any direction. So that if we're experiencing something, you know, light, and we go down a path of of light, then that's fine. But if there's something that comes in that's coming from darkness, let's say it's even like the creative force and the destructive force and the way those two things are balanced, right? There, There's always some kind of destruction. There's always some kind of destructive force. We live it out as human beings. We experience it. We're always so shocked by the fact that there's a hurricane or, or you know, the, let's say nature-made destructive forces and or man-made destructive forces. We're always so shocked by them, and yet they're constantly a part of life because that part balanced with the light, the desire to create, the desire to build, right? After a hurricane, there's always building. Even after somebody does something horrendously dark as a human being, there's a rebuilding in the light, whether that's that there's, you know, new buildings that are that get built after wars and things like that, or that the new philosophies emerge for people in the light, and that we're constantly in this balance between the light and the dark, both outside of us and in inside of us in order to actually be able to create movement in our lives. When I thought that today, I was pretty astounded by the idea that this day, today, is a point of stillness in that path. And yet it's so filled with the idea of renewal because we're moving into the light. There is the the caveat of that the, the pendulum's in the middle, but it's swinging towards the light. And that's what gives the vernal equinox the idea of hope, the idea of 
um, you know, this amazing new beginning of a sort of bursting, emerging of creativity, the way that spring comes about, but also the way that Aries is, the sign of Aries, and the enthusiasm and energy and motivation that you find behind Aries is the energy that propels this particular season forward because there's 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 the opposite i mean i can talk about that a little bit because there's also a new beginning then there's also a new beginning when we get into the first day of libra and what we're doing is we're actually reaping we're actually harvesting we're actually taking collected energy that's happened through the entire um year that is the time when we actually collect and store the food and for nature in general it's the time when they also collect and store their energy by making seeds and either holding on to them some trees drop them then some cheese trees hold on to them and flowers and things like that but collected energy from the time of today all the way through to the time of the first day of libra is what we're working towards building and now we're in this time of um incredible outflow of energy an incredible well, what is it that i want to do now with this year what creative process what excitement what enthusiasm what motivation am i going to be embracing am i going to be um collecting am i going to be working on so that as i go through the summer which is the time when we're in this peak of maximum energy right the the, the solstice and the long days of july and august how does that time of the year, the summertime of the year, you know, bake and deliver the the promise of what it is that you want to put into the oven now. Some little metaphor there, but, you know, what's cooking, you know, what's cooking? That's what your big question is for for today. What's cooking? What are you going to be working on? And that's part of the question, you know, that you want to be able to answer for yourself. I think that the um that that this equinox energy is is profound because it's a state of stillness. It's a state of stillness that's loaded. It's actually getting ready to explode with energy for creative force and yet it's the balance between the darkness and the light that's created that opportunity it's the movement back from the darkness from the winter and the autumn right and the energy that we used up from last year right all the squash are already gone now we've already eaten all of them we've already eaten all the canned goods and everything and now boom it's time to reemerge it's why at easter and passover and things like that like people have things like lamb you know you can like actually like you know like afford to quote unquote you know sacrifice a young animal right it's not you're not even going to let it grow to its full potential because you don't have to it's the spring there's so many little lambs that there's going to be plenty that you're going to allow to grow to you know their fullness over the course of the summer and i know that you know for vegetarians including myself mostly that's not a you know a a great a great analogy there but the truth is is that that's actually what's happening is that we put put 
certain kinds of things on the table in recognition of the fact that we've merged out into this time of renewal. So, you know, you you have an opportunity to uh, grab a hold of maybe lots of little projects or lots of little things or lots of little excitement, whether you want to be studying something new or buying new books or cooking something new or, you know, going out and getting some new kind of fashion or making some kind of statement, taking a little trip somewhere. You want to be able to renew your energy. You want to be able to bring into your life the the connection to all of the abundance that's now. I was reading about the March Hare, the March Hare, which is interesting because it's the symbol of, you know, the Easter Bunny. And it's this, this hare, this rabbit, that actually um, doesn't really come out from its underground burrow very often. I think it's German. I think it's a German thing because actually the Ostara and the Oestra, where the word Easter comes from, comes from an old pagan holiday that happens right now, The you know, the equinox. And the full moon of the equinox is especially an important time, and actually Easter always falls on the full moon of the equinox. So you have it coming from this old pagan holiday called, called Oestra, but it was connected to this rabbit that hardly ever came out of the ground. But the rabbit is so fertile that the female rabbit can actually get pregnant again while she's already carrying babies. Like, it's possible for her, she's releasing eggs while she's still pregnant so that she can be in a continuous state of fertility. And apparently where this animal is common, indigenous, and I think it's Germany again, but, you know, forgive me if I'm off on the country. It might be something like England, Ireland, Scotland, but it's it's that, that Anglo-Saxon Northern Europe that for sure, I'm sure about that. That, that that this time of the year, in March, there's like rabbits everywhere. These little hair bunnies are out running all around, hopping all around, making, making tons of babies. So the prolific energy of spring is upon us, and I, um, I trust that uh, you will grab a hold of it with great uh, excitement and vigor. I'm Dr. Craig, and I'll be here next Friday, next Thursday. <laughs> next Thursday on the Inside Connection.